Hi, I'm Dee Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for joining me. This is a little bit different podcast than what we normally do. I'm recording it from two different locations. I'm not in a sound studio for this first part. Uh, I'm actually recording in my office, uh, and so you may hear some interesting background noises in just this little bit of an introduction. So hang with me. Then you'll hear a sound quality change because the content of this podcast was recorded in yet another location. It was recorded down at our Hilt Academy studio, which is set up for video and not set up for podcast. So it'll sound a little bit different, but the content is just the same. So I hope you're going to enjoy. You're probably wondering what kind of bourbon I'm sipping. And yes, I do sip a bourbon from time to time in my office. And so I'm not in the sound booth, but I am drinking from a glass that I was given. This is Grandpa on it, 2015-2021. The birth years of my first grandson and my second and third grandson. So I'm sipping that bourbon out of this glass, enjoying it thoroughly. By the way, the bourbon is a bullet bourbon. I know, I know. It's available almost everywhere, and it's not one of those hard-to-find rare bourbons but man, is it good. It's uh, not quite the daily driver that someone who drinks bourbon all the time might drink, but boy, I sure like it. It's very, very good. Not smoking a cigar because I'm sitting in a in an office space and it would be filling this with copious clouds of smoke. However, I did have a CAO Brasilia cigar earlier in the day. Whoa, look those up. They're wonderful. Anyway, Thanks for joining me. Today's podcast is all about hunger. I thought about calling it The Hunger Games, but I think that title was already taken. But this one is about hunger. Let's call it something like, Hungry? What are you hungry for? Let's have some fun. I'll see you at the end. Has this ever happened to you? 10 o'clock last night, I went downstairs into the kitchen and opened up the refrigerator and looked inside and it's full. There's a lot of stuff to choose from. Ah, nothing just seemed right. So I closed the refrigerator and I went over to the cabinet and opened it up. There's a bunch of snacks in there and I looked at those and ah, I don't know, I'm kind of touching my stomach, like I'm a little hungry. Then I walked over to the candy drawer. We actually have a candy drawer because all of our children are grown and out of the house. Our grandkids come over and of course they have discovered the candy drawer now, but the candy drawer is filled with delightful candy and probably the best candy ever made, peanut M&Ms. At that point in time, I reached down, opened the brand new bag, the party-sized, family-sized, tribal size of peanut M&Ms. It's like a metric ton of peanut M&Ms. You know they're good when the bag is crunchy and you open it up and you can smell the peanut M&Ms. And I pulled out a handful of peanut M&Ms and ate those. I wasn't really hungry for food. Have you ever been in that case where you're looking around for something to eat? You're kind of hungry. You have an appetite, but... You know, I really wasn't hungry for food. I was hungry for something to do. I think I was a little bored. Do you ever do that? Do you ever just eat when you're bored? Or do you ever just do something external because you have an internal appetite that's not being satisfied? And so we grab a bag of peanut M&Ms or we eat a Twinkie or something like that to satisfy, so to speak, that hunger. And we're really not very hungry. We're bored. 
That's what it is. We're bored or we're angry or we're frustrated or we're disappointed or something like that. So I guess that's the point I want to be able to share with you today. As a leader or as a manager or a supervisor or someone who's trying to influence other people in the right way, in a good way, it's important for us to pay attention to our hunger and to the hunger of other people. Now, sometimes I actually am hungry. Sometimes I'm hungry for a chicken sandwich. You know, I'm actually hungry and my body needs to be nourished. But sometimes that underlying physical hunger isn't a real hunger. It's, it's a hunger for something else like activity or significance. It's the same kind of thing. So in this video, uh, I'd like to share with you three ideas about hunger or about appetites that are at the core of every highly effective and successful person, especially those in leadership roles that I've ever met. And I want to show you a small change you can make that makes a big difference right away. Stick around because at the end, I'm going to share something extra with you. That's another little small leverage change that you can actually make. So what are these three ideas? So idea number one is this. Pay attention to your appetites. Pay attention to what you're hungry for what you crave because what you crave has something to do with what you value. Our hunger, our appetites point at what matters to us more accurately than anything else in our lives. Here's the second idea. Listen to your team's hunger. You've got a team of people who work with you you're in your organization or in your enterprise. Or if it's a family, look at your family. But listen to your team's hunger. What is their hunger? What are they, what's their appetite? What do they want more of and what do they crave? And what do we often, instead of getting the thing we want more of, what do we often put substitutes in place for? Like peanut M&Ms. I was bored. I wanted mental challenge, but I substituted peanut M&Ms. A delightful substitute, by the way. But it didn't give me any mental challenge. So listen to your team's hunger. What are they actually hungry for? Do you remember, Donnie, the very first time I met you, way back in the day, way over 20 years ago, you were working for another organization. I was sitting across the room talking to somebody with my back to you. You were maybe this far away from me at that point in time. Do you remember what phrase you used that made me go, whoop, who's this guy? Do you remember what it was? You actually shouted it into the room. I hate inefficiency. That was it. But you actually said it more like this. I hate inefficiency. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hate inefficiency. And I heard that. First of all, I hate inefficiency as well. So I thought, oh, somebody is singing my song. And I turned around and looked at the back of his head and I could tell by the way his shoulders were moving and how he was pointing at somebody that something was going on that made him crazy. He was expressing a frustration. He was hungry for efficiency, for smoothness. There's a group we've worked with for years and I was on the phone with the CEO of this wonderful organization recently. He was talking to me about uh, some complaints that were coming up from the front line of the organization and it's a national organization. Here's a couple of their complaints, a couple of their frustrations. One of them was, we really are overworked. We got too much to do. We're way overworked. When I heard that, I said, how many sources are you hearing that from? Is it one source repeated 50 times or is it uh, from 50 different people and or 100 or 200 different people. The CEO said, yeah, it looks like it's coming from a bunch of different sources. And so he was concerned because he doesn't want to overwork his people, but he also doesn't want to make sure that the business fails. So he was concerned about that. And so I asked him a couple questions. When people say they're overworked, I look at the lagging indicator, which is our, our deadlines being met. Is quality up? Uh, is turnover low? Are new ideas coming out still? So when those four things are in place, then people are complaining that they're overworked, but their appetite is actually for something else. 
Now, I'm not saying no one's ever overworked, but in this case, their appetite, which was demonstrated by their craving and by their complaining, complaining is a sign of an appetite that goes under it of some hunger. I'm so hungry, right? No, you just need mental stimulation. I'm so overworked. Well, all those lagging indicators say that they're not overworked, that there's some other thing that they're hungry for. What do you think they were hungry for? Meaningful work, work that's engaging. When we got into the work of those folks who were complaining about being overworked and uncovered the details behind it, it was mindless, repetitive work. Detailed, complex, high quality, very important work, a lot of intellectual work, a lot of movement and hands and feet kind of work, but still it was repetitive. Once a person got good at it, they just did the same thing over and over and over. That what they were saying is, I feel like I have too much mindless repetitive work. Or some other people like Donnie, they were complaining that there was too much chaos. And it was the change and the learning and the adapting on top of their work that made them feel like they had too much work. So that's idea number two. Listen to your team's hunger. Understand that the hunger that's presented is probably not the actual hunger. When I say I was hungry for food, I was not hungry for food in that case. Here's idea number three. Surround yourself with people who are similarly hungry. People who are hungry, who have an appetite, who have a drive, who crave the same things. Now by that I mean the same underlying things. When you surround yourself with hungry people, people who want more in that regard and love the pursuit of it, everything changes. It's powerful. Hire hungry people and people who are in touch with the underlying appetite, not just hungry for the stuff on the surface. They're not hungry for M&Ms, they're hungry for mental stimulation, to refer back to that illustration. Not only should you hire hungry people, promote hungry people. Dream with hungry people. Don't sit around in a room and dream about what you could be with people who are a bump on the log and say, that's just gonna mean more work for me. Don't do that. It doesn't work. Dream with hungry people. I think of people that we've worked with or that we have had that chance of, of supporting over the years. And generally, this is very simplistic, but I like to divide folks, at least initially, into a couple of categories. One category is, is this a start person? The second category is, is this a steer person? In other words, do I have to spend my time and energy getting that person to start every day or every week? Come on, get going, get going, right? Do I spend my time and energy steering a person who's already self-started? Well, of course, those are the hungry people. The latter, the steer people, they're hungry. They are full of energy and they wanna go out and get it. Great accomplishments arise from small groups of hungry people who all crave the same underlying values. All right, so how do you how do you do that? What can you do with this stuff today? This is just an interesting idea that might evaporate in your head unless we get to this point. What do you do with this? Let's divide this into what do you do with yourself and what do you do with your team? First of all, what can you do with yourself? Notice your own hunger and your thirst. Notice your underlying appetites, your underlying cravings. Notice what they are. Sometimes you can't notice them until you're frustrated, until you're irritated, until you're afraid, until you're stressed. Stress is fear, so until you're afraid. Then you'll notice what's the underlying appetite. And in almost every case, those underlying appetites are good things. Unless you're a sociopath, those are usually good things. This is the hard part here. 
When you do get hungry for those things, when you get hungry for order, or when you get hungry for progress, or hungry for accomplishment, or hungry for efficiency, or hungry for creativity, or whatever, okay, when you get hungry for those things, don't rush out and eat a freaking Twinkie. Don't dip your face into the feed bag of peanut M&Ms, literally or metaphorically. Sit with that appetite. Sit with it for a while. Understand it. Ask, what am I actually hungry for? Probably a really good thing. I love work. I love it, I love it, I love it. Work isn't even the right word. I like the activity of it. I like the progress of it. I like the meaning of it. I like the creativity of it. All of those kinds of things. I'm hungry for, under all under the word work, all of those things. 24-7, 365, and I've been that way since I was a little ankle biter. Those are good, good appetites. But if I get irritated and frustrated, sometimes I can eat a Twinkie, so to speak, or I can settle for something that numbs that appetite instead of fulfilling that appetite. So what are you hungry for? Sit with your appetites for a while and let that hunger guide you. I'm hungry. What am I hungry for? Here's some ideas. Maybe, maybe there's a battle in you, a hunger to resolve the me compared to we, the me versus we tension we've all get in our lives. I want this for me, but I want to support you. That's a tension. Maybe you're hungry for resolving that tension. Maybe you're hungry for the create side versus the consume side of life. And that's an, an intense battle that can happen between us. A pro tip here, lean towards create. Creating is more satisfying than consuming. The underlying hunger is significance. Maybe, maybe you're hungry for progress, but you're also fighting with that need to have things just kind of be the same so you feel safe. Maybe there's a hunger right in there. Sit with that for a while. Think about it. Figure it out. My favorite hunger game <laughs> is the comfort or adventure hunger. Comfort is nice. I like a nice smooth table, a nice chair. I like an air-conditioned room. I like a car that drives nicely and a motorcycle that accelerates and stops and an airplane that takes off and lands. I love comfort, but that's not what I live for. I live for adventure. My appetite is for adventure over comfort. That's what you can do for yourself. All of those things. Think about that a little bit. Rewind, listen to it again, and think about it. Now, what can you do for your team? Because you know you're a leader. That's why you're listening to this. Maybe you don't have a title, but people follow you. That's how you know you're a leader. When you go somewhere, turn around and look. Are you the first one there? And did people get there with you? Ah, okay, then you're a leader. <laughs> it's that simple. So what about your team? What do you do? Well, same thing, notice their hunger. Now, the challenge is that hunger is never presented in a team in a pleasant way. It's usually presented through complaining and through conflict, the presented hunger. Just think about your body physically. When you get physically hungry and then you realize, oh, I'm hungry, maybe you actually get hangry like I do. You get your attitude changes, your personality gets a little toxic, and then suddenly you eat something and not a Twinkie, but you have a chicken sandwich or you have a nice salad or you have something healthy, a steak or whatever, and suddenly everyone around you is a delightful human being. Well, the only thing that changes your appetite was satiated. You got nourished. Well, but how did you know you were hungry? Well, you were angry. <laughs> okay. So in, in that illustration, maybe your team is like that as well. Most teams are. You can't figure out what their underlying drives or hunger is till they get irritable, till they get frustrated, till they complain, till they enter into conflict. So notice their hunger. And also when you notice your team's hunger, there's two types of hunger. There's presented hunger and then there's actual hunger. Someone says, I need this, we gotta have this, and ask the question, what would that do for you if you got it? That's the underlying hunger. Notice their hunger. Here's a hard thing. Don't numb their hunger. 
by distracting them, by giving them the peanut M&Ms of life. Listen for the actual hunger and enable them and yourselves as a team to go off in pursuit of the things that that hunger actually craves. Talk about it openly. Share this video with them and help all come up with a common way of talking about this. What am I actually hungry for? What do I need? What are we, what's our drive? What are we craving as a team? It's a good thing in almost every case. Go after it. And then pick people who are openly hungry. <laughs> people who are not content and do just enough to get by. You'll never, never be able to get rid of that impact on that, of that person without getting them off your team. What can you do with this? If you're hungry, you need to do something about it today. Tell somebody about this as you think about this through the day and as you listen to people frustrated and complaining about things, tell them about this because our complaints are usually a, a very accurate indicator of the hunger that drives those complaints. It's a pretty big deal. Also, help them identify their hunger. You said you wanted this, what would that do for you? You could do that actually today. It's a simple way to say it. You said you wanted this, you said you need this, you said you gotta have that happen. If that happened, what would that do for you? And if the answer isn't very satisfying, say, and then what else would that do for you? And what else? Boom, you'll hear what the hunger is. It's a good thing, that hunger. In almost every case, it's a good thing. And then later, here's a later thing you can do with yourself or with your team. Keep a log of times you find yourself most frustrated and sit in that frustration until you understand the hunger. Sit in that frustration there, understand it, study it, Hunger is a good thing. To quote Lencioni, we want people who are hungry and humble and smart, and they fit into our teams incredibly well. This is all about that first hunger. This, you know, here's a little extra thing you could do, a little extra point of leverage for you. When was the last time you were deeply content? Think about that for just a moment. For me, it's holding my firstborn grandson or now my secondborn grandson, or maybe by the time you see this, uh, I will have had my thirdborn grandson. Holding those grandsons, I find myself deeply content. And when I'm not able to be around them, I find myself hungry for the ability to love those grandsons. Donnie and I flew down to Oklahoma City recently, and after we had completed some work with some wonderful people, we stepped away from those meetings, and it was a very good day. We stepped away from those meetings and went to a little taproom bar and had a drink and had some great food, and I was deeply content. Why? Because some underlying hunger for relationships, for significance, for a really impactful time, that hunger had been satiated. When was the last time you were deeply content? Ask your team this. Study that because it was on the heels of some deep hunger that was actually met for a time. Now, not satisfied like turkey kind of numbness, but deeply content. It'll point to your hunger. That's a pretty cool thing. Well, I'm probably going to walk over to the refrigerator that's right here in the studio and open it up and look inside and close it and walk around and find a snack. Maybe I'll just sip this bourbon. <laughs> uh, leadership is hard. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. Step into that hunger. It'll tell you everything you need to know about yourself and your team. It's a wonderful thing. Have a great day. Take care. Well, there you have it. Thanks for sticking with me as we talked about hunger recorded in two different locations. I hope that was helpful for you. 
Remember, we have the Hilt Academy YouTube channel, which might be an interesting and helpful place for you. I hope so. Got about 30 plus videos up there right now about all sorts of things. In fact, by the time you listen to this, there might actually be a video version of this one up as well. We'll see if it makes the cut. You might want to go there and look for it if you want to see the rolling of my eyes and the bizarre expressions that I make and looking off to the left when I'm trying to remember what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, have fun. I'm getting a little hungry, so I think I'm going to end the day. It's about 5.30 right now, and I haven't eaten since breakfast. Oh, probably not a good way to go, but that's what I did. So I'm getting ready to uh, and hop on, a, hop on an airplane after I eat. So we're going to be flying down to Texas, I think. Is it Texas? I don't know. Where are we going? I don't know. I'll figure it out tomorrow when I show up at the airport. Looking forward to talking with you next time. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E, where you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.